We're sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls. Just a great podcast app for everyone. Get Get it it for free free in the the App Store. Hey there. Hey. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Cozy Corner, a new podcast where we talk about um the food restaurant chain what cozy corner i've never heard of this in my life it's like um like a panera bread i think but not as popular i have a question though do you want to do a podcast about desperate housewives instead uh yes oh awesome (laughs) i think we should call ourselves wisteria gays oh that's a really good name has anybody else did you look it up does anybody else have it? i don't think anybody else has it i think it's just us yeah that's good that's good it's pretty fancy uh welcome to hysteria gaze everybody else listening to this dumb bit that we just (laughs) did oh hey i mean you could say that about any bit that's true (laughs) dumb bit that we do which is this podcast (laughs) um uh, i am pretty pumped to talk about this episode yeah so am i i liked it a lot more than i liked the last episode yes and i'm excited to dive in i just i'm sorry to stop once more what's up i just have we been saying our names at the beginning of episodes or have we just assumed everybody knows who we are i guess i'm just assuming that people are listening through as at this point they know who we are but we can't say who we are i guess so i mean i just i got worried for a second i said do are we too comfortable do we need to get back on our toes (laughs) we're too cozy in this cozy corner um my name is Mackenzie. my name is liz and we're gonna talk about desperate housewives and we're gay yeah we don't we never do an intro (laughs) Yeah, like we used to do so many intros. What? Okay. Sorry, everybody. We're just, we're getting so comfortable with you. We really feel like we can just like take our clothes off and just get cozy with you. Yeah. Just like munch on an apple Mm -hmm. lady in the tramp style. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Very, very small food to go tramp. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on what kind of apple. Honey crisp is very large. Desperate housewives, desperate housewives, desperate housewives. housewives. Get back on track. We're going to talk about season two, episode eight today, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. I feel like I'm always terrified I get the episode number wrong. Uh, This episode premiered November 20th, 2005 and was written by, (laughs) I I started saying, I don't know. Uh, It was written by Jenna Bands and directed by Stephen Craig. He's a new director to the show. I feel like we've had the oh. same directors all over again. Um, this is the only episode he will ever direct of this show. But it was great. It was a good episode. Oh, I wish he came back. I wish. I, where's this king? Where's Stephen Craig? He basically directs a ton of like procedurals on TV. So he does oh. a lot of ER and like Boston Legal, Grey's Anatomy. And that was kind of his thing. And he directed this episode of Desperate Housewives. And mm-hmm. that's it. And then Sondheim Watch, The Sun Won't Set is the name of this episode, and it comes from the song of the same name from the Sondheim musical, A Little Night Music. Mm. And (laughs) this is wild. Wisteria International, my new favorite thing of all time. In France, this episode was called The Ex-Woman of His Life. Oh, that's a good title. That's a good title. And then Germany. I want you to know, I forgot what this episode was about. So when I read this title, I was like, what the fuck's going to happen? In Germany, it was just called The Red Balloon, which is very... <laughs> oh, my like, God. That's ominous. Ominous, artistic. <laughs> yeah, like very like, you know, yes, it was just it. And I, I truly, obviously, like it makes sense when you see the episode. But because I had totally forgotten what this episode was about, I was like, what the fuck does The Red Balloon mean? Yeah. And then I thought, Germany 
Red Balloon, 99 Luft Balloons, the hit song by Nina in the 80s. I'm so sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. This is the 99 Balloons. Oh, yeah. The thing is, I know the music. I never understood what they were saying. Red Balloons go by. Thank you for listening. this podcast. I'm really excited to start my Nina podcast where I just talk about the discography of the German pop star Nina. I hope that I can come and guest once I... I listened to more than that song. I had a friend in high school who genuinely like was into Nina. Like who listens to more than just 99 red balloons? I will never know. Apparently my friend in high school. (laughs) Um, Do you want to dive into this episode? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's about time to dive in. Oh, well I'm going to fucking nose dive in because finally we open a Mon Betty. Finally. The mystery of the season. We finally open on her. I was very excited to see a Betty monologue. It was good. I was so pumped. I think Alfre Woodard gave us some acting choices acting in this episode. Queen. She she mostly just looked very like distraught, like near the camera. Oh, Alfre Woodard. Alfre Woodard knows how to give us a completely wrought look yeah. to the camera. And that's why she was cast. But Ugh, Queen. We kind of go through Betty's life and how she was always so talented. She's a very talented piano yeah, player. She, I wonder if Alfre Woodard actually played the piano. That, that seems be, unrealistic, um, right? Probably, but that would be fun. Be cool. Um, we find out that like she's always been applauded for like her great dexterity and her rhythm. She used to be in symphonies. We find out because like yeah. she's a symphony conductor, which yes. I, that is so impressive. That's very impressive. Um, she always had a dramatic flair to her. Yes, and we see that she's in the symphony, and I thought like, why did she quit? Yeah, I wonder if they're gonna show us. Like, do you think running away is what made her quit? Because it feels like she's been Maybe. not playing for longer than just a couple months, right? Because this, like, her running away from Chicago seems to have happened within the last year. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just curious what made her stop. It maybe, also could have been, like, family reasons. Maybe it was, yeah, maybe it was being a mother. And then we cut to a neighborhood watch meeting. We see the Klusk and Ida together. And Ida. You know that they were on a date before They this. were on a date. They said, we got to come from our date to, to the neighborhood to the watch, watch meeting. Lesbians of the episode nominee. <laughs> yes. McCluskey yes. and Ida because we love them. Yes. And I, they were on a date. I've missed Klusk so okay, much. She's been gone for like a hundred episodes. It yes. feels like, like, I don't remember the last time we saw her, but I'm so glad she's back. I love Mrs. McCluskey so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really fun to see her back. And yeah. later in the episode. <laughs> she's she's great this episode. She's so good. So should we just nominate her and Ida just because we love yeah. them? Why not? Chuck them in the bucket. I'm I do in the have no- I do have nominees. I have other nominees. Okay, okay. I was flush, I think, this ooh, episode. Ooh, I can't <laughs> wait to hear. They're talking about the break-in at the Solis house, though. Yes. They're trying to figure out what to do next. Kluski really wants armed security which is fucking wild yeah <laughs> she's like bring him in guns armor on the lane and i'm like you are a single street <laughs> in a suburb of like illinois yeah. like what um it seems like she's kind of is she the only person that's down with armed guards yeah because tom's it like chill like out bro yeah, she seems to be the only person who wants armed security. Matthew is just kind of like, hey, we need to stop this. And Betty comes in and goes, 
I know how to play the piano. I can't remember what she exactly She said. just literally walks <laughs> over and is like, hey, dun, 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 dun. And then just like hypnotizes the room with her piano playing. Yeah, she is a master of distraction. And we find out that her greatest gift of all was her timing. I wonder, because they lingered a lot on McCluskey giving uh, Betty a kind of angry look. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like you know she interrupted the vote i wonder if there's gonna be like a betty mccluskey um, standoff standoff like you know what i mean like i'm just i'm interested Uh, that would be really cool to see just like a duel yes (laughs) a duel on the streets they're two cowboys what is it h strep susan in the background h strep susan um and at this point i do want to say uh this episode just as a whole once again for gabrielle i would say content warning for talk of miscarriages yes um because we find out in the next scene um that gabby suffered a miscarriage from her fall and it is talked about through the whole episode for her arc i like how there wasn't a whole long drown out like drawn out scene that was like her at the doctors and finding out and everything i feel like that's how media normally portrays that and um you know I've I've known people who have had those experiences and mm. I've had them talk to me about how like that's not f- that's not fun for anyone to watch because no. that's usually you know not the part that's important it's about what comes afterward which I think I did enjoy I agree with you that this show focuses on the hard stuff is over but what happens to her now you know yeah I think that was a really good choice to focus on that and honestly I wonder like not to make it like you know women are from Venus men are from Mars but like a woman did write this episode so like I wonder how this episode would have been different if Mm. like um someone who maybe hasn't experienced that like maybe you know a cis man had written this as opposed to the woman who wrote this. Yeah. I'm curious how that would have changed. That's fair. That's a very fair point because there is like a lot of differences between how people view things in yes. general. So yeah, I, I, I like that. That's I just a- thought that about that as we were talking. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, a woman. Maybe they gave her this episode specifically for that yeah. because she was a woman. And we get another Mary Alice monologue. We're seeing kind of a theme where there's an opening monologue and then an opening opening monologue. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I think it worked well here. It worked better f- for me here, here than, than in the, the last episode, yeah. episode, for sure. And Mary Alice tells us that women usually hold on to loss. They usually mm-hmm. like to keep maybe the clothes of those they've lost and things like that but then we find out that gabby is not one of those women uh she just gets rid of the baby clothes right away she like packs them into bags and she goes to leave her house and all of her friends are there yeah they they clear their calendars they were ready to to help her her girlfriend made banana bread. Oh, I did say lesbian of the episode. The way Brie was looking at Gabby yes. was... <laughs> I am looking? Hey, let's chuck her in that bucket. I wanted to chuck Brie specifically. She was, like, giving Gabby some eyes. So, like, in the beginning of the season, I feel like we carried over the season one bucket. Yes. Um, but I feel like now we're going and moving on to bigger industrial-sized buckets. We got bigger and better buckets <laughs> of lesbians um, full right now. So we can just chuck so many people just in So there. many people in these buckets. So yeah, Bree's in there now, too. <laughs> I already love this nomination pool. Um, but they want to they wanna help. They want to spend the day with her. And Gabby's like, oh my god, my, my schedule. Whoopsies, can't fit in friendship. Yeah. And, and all the women look a little, like, confused and unhappy that, like, Gabby is kind of being really dismissive of not only what she's going through but that they don't she doesn't want them to help yeah so then she kind of just leaves being like let's do a rain check (laughs) bye and then we cut immediately to gabby seeing carlos he comes in his nuts are busted up 
Um, I got really worried that we were going to have to watch him find out. Yeah. That was like, I actually felt bad for him for a second because my heart sank thinking like, oh my God, we have to watch her tell him. But we find out he already knows. Yes. Which I also applaud for this episode. (laughs) Yes. But he's been sad. He has been like going wild with grief in prison. And like people take grief different ways. Mm -hmm. I think it's understandable that he feels sad. I've. I think it's a little much that he ripped his entire mattress open and busted his knucks. Yeah. I mean, I think that he's a guy who who expresses emotion through anger almost yeah. exclusively because I don't think, oh my God, I'm getting, um, I'm siding with Carlos on Maine. Who am I? And I think <laughs> that like, I just think that based on what we've seen of him so far, because when I think about it, we haven't seen much of him. No. When I really, really, really think about it, it's like, it's been like... You know, he was just sort of the angry husband and now he's been in jail for quite a long time. And I just feel like maybe he, from what we've seen of him, he's the kind of man who was never given another outlet to understand and deal with his emotions. And uh, I I think that's sad. And I think that that like truly, I don't think he knows of another way. I think he feels sad, but the only way it comes out is with anger. Yeah. Does that make sense? That makes 100% sense. I just think that it's just kind of sad because I don't think he has the tools to express a different emotion right now. Yeah. At where he's at in terms of his like emotional growth. Yeah. That a hundred percent makes sense. I'm feeling really like I need a cigarette and some like, like, I don't know, like a martini. I don't know. I just feel very intellectual today. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say <laughs> I, you are so intellectual. I, I feel like I on. need a booster seat because I'm just like a baby <laughs> sitting next to your yeah, big I brain. Just, I, put, I put my little glasses on. I put my little fucking cigarette in my mouth and I'm just feeling really intellectual today. I got to get on your level. Black coffee. I'm going to, I'm going to be intellectual. I'm an day. art house person. <laughs> um, you are king. He's pretty pissed at her though. He shifts yes. in a very scary way that I don't enjoy. Yeah. He gets really angry because he doesn't see her as sad. She's just like, yeah, I bought a new top and I'm going to go get a manicure later. And no, I didn't have baby names picked out because Carlos mentions that he was like, I have top fives for the, the, the boys yeah. and the girls. Um, he grabs her arm kind of violently. Yeah. I didn't like that. No. But I mean, it's also what we've seen him do before. And uh, she was like, hello, cops, please come get him. He was like, "Um, his tranquilizers are wearing off. Because I guess they've been <laughs> drugging him in jail. Yes. Then we get another scene of Mike being buck wild as hell again. Yeah, he's throwing leaves out of the gutter at Susan. <laughs> He's not throwing them directly at her, like, forcefully, he but he's, he's knowingly throwing them near her because he's just being an asshole. <laughs> Truly, like, I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it was like a half an inch away from where she was standing. Like, surely there was, he could have thrown them behind him. Yeah. I, this just, I feel like he was doing it on purpose. He was yes. trying to get her to leave him alone. And and I, I do agree that, like, I think that what she needed to ask him was important, mm-hmm. but I don't think that she needed to linger as long as she did. Yeah. Um, cause Mike again has not been in this episode a lot. No. So Susan goes up to Mike asking about her mom's wedding. That's coming up. Mm-hmm. Gilfy. Yes. Gilfy. She asks if he's still attending and like what kind of food he wants. Yeah. And he says, I'm not going cause that's weird for <laughs> yeah. me to go. Yes. And then Susan is like, oh, okay. And like lingers and then goes, 
have i told you about my book yet <laughs> she just tell carl she was gonna yeah. write it she's like i've been working so hard on this book yeah and i'm kind of stuck on like this chapter about my dad you know like he was a merchant marine who died in hanoi and blah 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 and mike is absolutely the kind of guy that reads books about vietnam yes because he's like oh, wait a second susan there was no battle of hanoi that was enemy territory and also and- merchant marines don't fight susan uh so you're a fucking idiot susan so get the <laughs> fuck out of my lawn and then he throws more leaves at her and spits in her face <laughs> <laughs> he slaps her um no uh <laughs> i always worry that people who don't watch the show with us are like what the fuck's going on in this tv show no we're just joking um same we what the fuck's going on in this tv show uh yeah so he kind of drops that 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 bomb and kind of tells her to go away and then we cut to nighttime the twin babies are playing just in the street (laughs) in the dark lynette goes like oh my god like i gotta (laughs) boys go in the lawn People have been hit on the street. Remember Mama Solis? People are speeding, drunk driving all the time on this road. Well, I mean, nobody's drunk driving anymore because Andrew's at camp. (laughs) That's, oh my God, we haven't seen Andrew in so long. Yeah. I miss him. Yeah. I miss Andrew. (laughs) I'm going to cry. Um, Klusky's kind of outside, like, I've been watching them. With her giant yeah. fucking lights. She, I think she mentioned in the earlier scene she was going to get lights installed. And they kind of come back a bit. These, they Actually, they do in an yeah. important way. But they these giant fucking like... Yeah, they're like football stadium, Football stadium lights shining on the whole street. Um, that was so funny. Yeah. keep being like, it's okay. I got an eye on them. And it's like 9 p.m. They're yeah. up at 9 p.m. in the street. And Lynette goes inside and is very upset and... She says, like, hey, where are the twins? And she <laughs> opens the curtain to let Tom know that they're outside. And he tries to, like, stand his ground and be like, hey, I know what I'm doing. I am their father. And she tries to quit back where, like, where's Penny? And he doesn't know. I want to say, you know, we say queen of comedy. Yeah. But king of comedy Tom, for yeah. some reason, the mo- like, he was so goofy when he, like, was <laughs> he like lifted his head up and was looking for penny he just looked really goofy and it made me laugh yeah i liked tom and lynette in this episode a lot and i told my girlfriend this feels like us <laughs> and in the scenario i am tom and rachel my girlfriend is staging like our cats to be kidnapped spoiler alert <laughs> for later in the episode <laughs> yeah but he basically is like don't tell me how to parent fuck off wife i yeah i have conflicting feelings about this because it's like I, I would like to see a storyline where maybe they have separate parenting styles, but they're not wrong. I yes. feel like the show is really heavily putting us in the favor of Lynette being like, look, Tom is actually kind of a bad dad. Yeah, like, And even with the cleaning stuff, right? It was yeah. like Lynette's right. Tom is wrong. Yeah. He like he could never be the housewife she was, you know? Yeah, I agree. But I, I, I kind of wish they would do something else with that because I. Yeah. I'm just a little tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> the bumbling house husband yeah. and the perfect housewife. Because, I mean, they do have separate parenting styles. Anyway, I don't know. No, I agree with you. I agree. I agree that the show is definitely leaning us in favor of, like, 
the way Lynette parents is correct and the way Tom does is wrong. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it would be nice. I think that like the growth we've seen from him has been fun. Like I really did like that when he, when he realized like, Oh, this house being a wreck is bad for my family and my relationship. And he's gotten really good. Like we've seen pretty consistently. The house is like straightened up and like mm-hmm. he takes good care of the kids in general. So it's like, he's growing, but like also like he could, he should be able to stand on his own a bit. Yeah. Um, so I agree. And then we cut to a moment I loved of visual storytelling. Yes. The coupon. I yes. thought it was a really fun way of visually telling the story. Yes. Because Brie is cutting coupons. And when she cuts one out, she sees her own face on the back and has to connect it like a little puzzle. Yeah. And we see that George put in the paper that they're engaged. It's like a congratulatory, like, Brie oh. Van de Camp and George flipping last name are engaged williams williams (laughs) sorry brie williams what a boring name yeah so brie sees this and goes to confront george pretty immediately immediately. yeah and we get like another kind of like scene where brie goes hey rex has only been dead for seven weeks and then george goes so (laughs) (laughs) yes this line this okay i found this this episode had a lot of lines that made me laugh like there was a lot of very funny line readings and there was this one in particular well fortunately people only read the announcements when there's nothing in the front page and the headline today was about some catastrophic flood in sri lanka oh so we lucked out yes we did like that line reading was just the, that whole interaction. It was yeah. like, they were like turning up the comedy for me right there. Yeah. It was very funny. There was like, I don't know. That was just one of many lines in this episode that I found like ex- incredibly hilarious. Mm-hmm. Also, I wrote Brie looks hot here. Yes. I think I wrote Brie fit watch. She was looking pretty hot this whole episode. She's been looking a lot hot to me lately. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking. The scene is essentially Brie wants to be able to tell people on her own terms. Yes. And although George agrees, he immediately says, you have to wear the ring I got you. Creepy. People will think you're wearing your old wedding ring, but if you are with me, you have to wear it. He's a creepy little boy. Yeah. She... Puts the ring on, but you can very much see on her face that she is uncomfortable with it. She doesn't want to do it. Like, I just, I mean, I'm not going to keep bemoaning. I wish she would get out of this because end of the episode. Yeah. Yay, yay, yay. But yeah, she's, she's so uncomfortable. I do do not understand at this point what is keeping her here. She's afraid. She's, yeah. Um, But she does, she does spin it around so that the diamond is not facing out. So it does look like a wedding band. She, like, does it as she's walking away. And then I shit myself. (laughs) (laughs) Machete. Machete. He's here. Fucking Danny Trejo. What a get for Danny Trejo to be on this fucking episode. (sighs) I... He did not uh, foresee this at all. I forgot he was on this. And I watched this episode before you. And I... I think I told you, I was like, you're going to lose your fucking mind because you will never be able to guess who the guest star is this and week. I actively yelled laughing. <laughs> he's, I think he's great in this episode. So do I. I want to say just yeah. all like this whole performance. Fucking awesome. I think he rocks. It was such a fun surprise to relive. Holy shit. Danny Trejo is here. Yeah. Uh, but he pulls up. There's a lot of sinister music whenever yeah. he's around. They're definitely trying to be like, look at this fucking scary man. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think he was going to be like there for bad reasons. No, me either. I mean, I've seen but I, 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 I didn't fully put it down for like 
a desperate housewives thing. So I was like, yeah, he doesn't seem like har- like harmful or anything. No. But I, I am going to... I, I'm not going to dismiss it because I don't know what this show's going to do because I haven't seen this. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like they're they're trying to subvert the trope, right? Which yeah. becomes it becomes a little weirdly tongue-in-cheek when they're like, yeah, subverting the trope of this like older, grizzled, tattooed like man of color who just got out of prison. You assume he's there to stab her and yeah. he's just like a sweet man. Um, I'm, I'm glad they subvert the trope because I think he's a great character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do see like they're the, the sinister music almost felt a little too overdone for yeah. me at a certain point because like, because just because that music was nowhere else really in the episode, it just felt like that was, if I had one thing to say that maybe I didn't love about this episode, the the music <laughs> felt overdone, but I see what they were trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I, how I feel about it. And Gabby, we see her doing yoga. She sees Danny through the window. Sorry. His name is Hector. I, okay. I was like, I don't even know his name. I didn't write it down. His name is Hector. Hector. Okay. Uh, so she sees Hector she screams and she's like who are you (laughs) and he goes carlos sent me to check up on you so if you just want to like let me inside and she goes no i don't want to let you inside i want to be alone and he just goes okay i'll give you some space (laughs) (laughs) i I love that yeah he respects her boundaries like a king yeah and he leaves then we cut back to tom he talked with the twins scruffy hot tom yes he told them about stranger danger essentially and he's like (laughs) Lynette, I got to show you something. I have a play. <laughs> I have a play to do for you in and the living room. He's running them through different stranger danger scenarios. And then Lynette steps in to try to kind of trick the twins into being. I mean, she's almost. I mean, I see this is not another, tricking. But yes, but this is a scene where I agree with her. They are regurgitating. Yes. You know what I mean? Like I did that in school where it was like I, I put the information I needed for a quiz up the like most surface level portion of my brain yeah i threw it back up on paper and then i forgot about it immediately and i think that she's just trying to show that these boys are clearly just like daddy told us to say this so we're gonna say it mm-hmm. but then when mommy throws in a different sentence it it, it trips them up a bit yeah. because they, they they're not actually learning they're just saying what they know they need to say because they're children yeah but in the end because they're looking at tom he kind of coaches them as they're going and he gives them ice cream and lynette and tom have another little aside that basically says that where she's like they're not actually understanding what you're doing they're just saying it because it's gonna fall right out of their brains afterward Mm -hmm. i think i agree with that yeah based on how these children are i think it differentiates because i remember learning that same stuff in school but i remember mm-hmm. it's like terrifying me oh yeah same so I, i'm a very you know? anxious kid we're both <laughs> yeah. anxious kids i feel like <laughs> we're still anxious kids. <laughs> yes the idea of talking to a stranger now Mm-mm. no thank you people say people just say hello to you when you're taking a walk on the street get away from me it's the midwest you're a stranger i don't want you in my danger but my midwest brain res- always responds oh so it's like hey and then i go hi <laughs> like my voice pitches up and <laughs> if i if someone enters within the like 40 foot threshold like we're walking towards each other it, it, all of a sudden everything around me becomes really interesting i'm like oh what's that window over there mm. doing Ooh, the ground below me <laughs> like i do everything to avoid eye yeah. contact with the person and the second we pass i'm like back <laughs> back to center and i can just keep walking like a person again and then we cut to brie measuring her shrubs brie gets approached by a woman she introduces herself as layla and wants to talk about her and george yeah 
we find out that she's a previous lover. Previous lover. And she begins warning Brie, like, hey, we were engaged at one point. And then George started getting very possessive. If I talked to another man, he would think I was having an affair. He slapped me once. Yeah. And Brie does not believe her. No. I said, believe women, Brie. Believe women, Brie. I really, really, really did think Brie would believe her because Brie has so many doubts. It's obvious. And this was her opportunity to be like, oh, the feelings I'm feeling aren't fake. The feelings I'm feeling happened to this woman. And this weird defensiveness over George set in and she refused to believe this woman. I think what's happening is like, I feel like this sounds kind of rude, but I feel like Brie in relationships is kind of stifled. I feel like maybe she doesn't understand the concept of maybe like this is a bad place for me to be in because she's only ever been with Rex that we know of. Really? I mean, yeah, like in a significant way because we meet Ty later. I have no idea who that is. In the episode, we meet him. Who? He's the guy oh, she dances with later. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So like as of right now, we really only know about Rex in that relationship. Yes. And Bree's number one priority is outward appearance. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just feel like she doesn't quite 100% know that the situation she is in is bad. Yeah. I feel like she is having those feelings, but she's pushing them down. Yeah, I think she definitely has a big, like, stand by your man energy yeah. in terms of, like, the thing is, I think she has these doubts, mm-hmm. but I think that if George would slow down, she'd be really happy. Yeah. Because I think that, like, when they're, when it's good with him, I think she's really, I genuinely think she enjoys being with him when he's, like, being normal and, and good. But now that Rex is dead, he has push the acceleration to a million yeah. and it's getting to a point where it makes her uncomfortable. And, but I, but I do think that maybe this defensiveness comes because I do think she genuinely cares about him. I mean, yeah. when we saw when she took the lie detector test, she loves him yeah. in some way, even if it's not being in love in love with him, she does love him a little bit at least. And so maybe that's it. And I think we see later that when she experiences it firsthand, she then realizes yeah. like, Uh, Yeah, so maybe she's also someone who needs to see it to believe it. And she does later. Yeah. My next note just says, GILFY in all caps with like 500 exclamation points. (laughs) We love GILFY. Yes, we go to wedding rehearsal. Yeah, Susan. (laughs) Susan comes in. She asks GILFY about Papa right off the bat. Yeah, I thought this was inappropriate, kind of. Like, it's at the rehearsal wedding just wait till after i don't know i i did feel kind of bad for gilfie like i know she's like dealing with a lot about how she feels about the situation and like she feel, you know obviously she is upset about it susan asking but i just didn't understand why susan couldn't just i mean it was for the comedy right why didn't susan just wait till after the rehearsal she yeah. ruined her mom's rehearsal wedding i also just think susan's not the type of person to wait no she's very impulsive because like she stayed around hanging around mike when he very obviously did not want to talk to her yeah i don't know i just was like susan this is so rude yeah (laughs) to ask during the rehearsal in my opinion i don't know that's just how i felt about it but gilfie starts deflecting i've forgotten gilfie's name sophie sophie okay (laughs) that's all we call her gilfie sophie yeah she starts deflecting immediately and kind of storms off yeah she freaks out Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of it well there's a funny little moment with morty and the priest when uh yeah they're fighting and morty goes i know what i'm getting into yeah but then it cuts to susan in a car with morty Mm -hmm. 
And he tells her, <laughs> at first I thought that he was going to be like, I'm your dad. But then I went, that's too much. <laughs> um, I wish Morty was her dad. I fucking love Morty. I mean, being- he's, he's going to be. Oh, stepdaddy. <laughs> stepdaddy Morty. And he basically tells her this long drawn out story just to tell her that everybody has secrets and that Sophie was never married to Susan's dad mm-hmm. and isn't even sure that she knows his name. She was a one night stand. Yeah. Susan seems pretty shocked, but we don't really get much of her like pro like processing, processing until later. Yeah. Cause we cut to George at the pharmacy mm-hmm. and Brie walks up to him to confront him about Layla's visit. Breeze, I love that Breeze just, people were like, why is Miss Vandekamp coming to the pharmacy eight times a day? What's going on? Must have multiple prescriptions. <laughs> they get filled at different hours in the day. Yes. One each hour. Mm-hmm. She has to come get each prescription. Yeah, it's one pill each. Too. Yes. <laughs> it's administered at the pharmacy. It's so she remembers to take them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or else she'd forget. She has a busy life. Yes. She starts talking to George about how Layla came to visit her. And how at first she just kind of dismissed everything. But Brie being a smart, intelligent woman. Detective Brie. Thought about the situation. After Layla left, she thought about what just happened and went, hmm, what would be her reasoning for doing that? There is no motive whatsoever. And George just goes, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's obsessed with me. She's a renowned liar. Renowned all across the kingdom. And brings up a prescription of uh prozac yeah basically yeah i looked it up it's just like prozac and then yeah like an antipsychotic that he said it helps with hallucinations it also just helps with like bipolar disorder which is very very common like very common uh like medications to take for 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 mental illness i mean yeah but then you asked you have to also think that um bipolar disorder and stuff like sometimes they are like still stigmatized and yeah like, and I especially mean, in like 2006 2007 yes. the, i think the conversation around mental illness was vastly different yes. in 2006 than it is now here in 2021 so no i yeah i fully agree that this probably seemed like a much scarier thing mm-hmm. uh because there was less conversation and less normalization around uh yeah. people with mental illness mm-hmm. yeah george says to brie as well in the beginning you're blind to the flaws of a person he was talking like he was blind to the flaws of Layla Layla. but I I feel like that's so interesting because I feel like that is the moment Brie is like oh fuck I agree I think she finally realizes I was blind to your flaws yes (laughs) I I agree because I think this is that's fully confirmed for me when she walks away and she takes off the ring Mm -hmm. because I think that she was she was very blind to his flaws and um i am so happy to see brie finally fucking realizing it and also a little moment when she walks away we see that george uh printed out a different patient's medical history so it wasn't even layla's prescriptions that he was using to scare brie about yeah then we cut to gabby and hector hector is gabby's new therapist i love that honestly Uh, Dr. Gold finds out a commission, so we need Hector to fill in. What if Hector was Bree's therapist? That's so funny. That'd be so good. She starts talking about how she wants to deal with loss her own way and that she wants him to just leave her alone. That's basically it for that scene. Yeah, that's it. They got like a lot of little tiny scenes, but that scene later, chef's kiss. Can't wait to talk about it. I cried. Let's keep going. 
Matthew is sneaking out. To meet Danielle, no doubt. Uh, we don't see it, but I'm pretty sure it's to meet Danielle. We do see him meet her. Oh, do we? Yeah. I missed that. Oh my gosh. I think it's... Yeah, he just like kind of... It's like a very... One, we we rhymed just then. So I was like <laughs> delighted by that. And I could not process what you said to me afterward. But yeah, no, like he kind of has a weird conversation with Betty where he's like, oh, I'm going to go look for him. Cause you know, he could be hurting another girl. And, sh- and, and Betty tries to kind of humanize him and be like, I don't think he's trying to hurt people. I think he's just hungry. And Matthew's like, fuck off mom. Yeah. And it's like, it's a very, you might not have noticed it cause it, you probably were taking notes. Cause it was truly like five seconds of him um, walking past a bush. And then <laughs> I'm just showing you a screenshot. Since you didn't see it. Danielle is just sitting on this bench in a park at, like in at fucking midnight, just like smiling this creepy little smile. <laughs> and it's just really weird. And that's, I guess they're just hanging out in a park. I want to get her on the show. <laughs> After we've talked so much shit I, and we I say we can't remember her character's name ha- for like the first half of our first season. Here's the thing. You want Joy Lauren, the actress of Danielle Vandekamp to come on our podcast. I want her to tear me apart. <laughs> she comes on and just roasts us. Yeah. And then she leaves and we don't even oh. ask any questions. She's just like, fuck you. <laughs> uh, Joy Lauren, come on our podcast. Yeah, please. Joy Lauren. I just had a panic that that's not that actress's name. You're and right. I- Google it, Google it. Googling. What if I got her ca- her actor name wrong too? Danielle Vandekamp. Who plays Joy her? Lauren? Oh, I was right. Oh yes. Okay, I'm glad I didn't fully disrespect this human being. But yeah, she's doing a little creepy smile in the park. But then we get to something very exciting. It's the day of the wedding. Yes. And Susan shows up. I thought the scene was cute i thought susan walking into the scene was a lesbian of the episode nominee for the way she was walking i could i said i don't remember but okay i could not tell you why i bet you so she kind of had like she had her dress yeah kind of over over her her shoulder shoulder. and her little her little like her little um thumb in her little belt loops very butch that's pretty but i mean fucking susan is butch. the butch representation we've been needing in the media yeah, everyone stop yelling about the lack of butch representation <laughs> with susan myers right fucking there <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna make an edit of of, of susan meyer uh, oh. where it's like <laughs> the the butch i need <laughs> the butch i need <laughs> um yeah we can toss her in the bucket why yeah. not uh she it is a cute scene it reminds me a lot of susan and julie yeah and because gilfie is like i didn't want to tell you that you know me and your father had a one night stand because i wanted to protect you and i just wanted you to have a hero and susan's like you were my hero mom yeah and they hug it reminded me a lot of like a you know the 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 need to protect your daughter reminded me a lot of a susan and julie moment yes um and then we cut to lynette Lynette gets Stuart (laughs) Stuart. to try to kidnap her children, (laughs) which I know how earlier in the episode you were talking about how in this situation, uh, Rachel's Lynette, you are Tom. I am Stuart (laughs) trying to kidnap the cats. (laughs) Rachel is like, Liz, I need to prove something to Mackenzie. Will you show Mackenzie (laughs) that the cats can be kidnapped? And then I'm like, "Uh, sure. (laughs) And then our downstairs neighbor is McCluskey. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I love, I do want to say I love that Stuart was like, I'm just updating my blog. Yeah. Because that's mood. I'm <laughs> just yeah. chilling, updating your blog. But yeah. And it, I thought this was a pretty funny scene. I thought this was a highly funny I scene. I thought it was hilarious. I thought this was, I was literally laughing out loud. 
I I just really like loved this episode. I was laughing out loud. I was living my best life. I was I just loved this episode because I think there were so many moments of like drama and like f- sweetness that made me cry as well as just like fucking hilarious scenes like this. And this scene was very hilarious because so t- so Lynette gets Tom to look through the window, watch the kids. Mm-hmm. Stuart rolls up. He goes, hey, kids, you want to get in my car? And at first the twins say no. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to talk to strangers. But then Stuart goes, I have candy. And then the kids go, <laughs> candy. <laughs> and they and then, leap into the car. And then. Klusky comes out of nowhere and fucking tases him. Can we please put the clip in this episode of what she sounds yes. like? Yes. Hi. Hi. Ow! Oh my god! Ow! I can't run! Run! So you don't! Ow! You pervert! Oh no, you're not going anywhere! I could not believe that McCluskey fully just came over yeah. and tased Stuart, continued to tase him yes. until Lynette like, screamed and ran out. At this point, I also say Klusky for lesbian of the episode <gasps> for protecting her grandkids. Okay, yes. Also, first double nominee in one episode. Mm-hmm. I never thought that was possible. And now this opens up so many possibilities <laughs> for whenever Edie's on screen. <laughs> That's true. We haven't seen her in a I miss a her. Hot she came yesterday. Yesterday? <laughs> she came she yesterday. She came by yesterday. at the door. <laughs> there was a knock and I opened it. It was, it was her. No, she was in the last episode. By she came yesterday, I meant to say she was in the last episode for a moment, like gloating to Susan. But yeah, we haven't seen oh, her. Yeah. I tweeted prayer circle storyline for Edie please Please. god Uh, this was fucking hilarious Lynette runs out to help him the scene kind of ends with him being tased on the ground I do think it is like a sweet little reference to how much McCluskey cares about the boys which Mm -hmm. was like very heavily planted in the first season with that really sweet scene that we loved with her and the boys and so I'm glad that that's kind of coming back that she like cares about these kids yeah it's sweet and then let's travel all the way back Ooh, to the across wedding. Town. Yeah. Um, I thought everybody looked really cute here. <laughs> yeah. Sophie stands up to give her little wedding speech. We're now at the reception. Julie looks pretty. Yes. I wrote. Yeah. Julie. I love her. And Sophie, Ugh. I cannot tell you. I screamed when this happened. <laughs> Sophie gets up and starts talking because I'm so thankful for my daughter, Susan. I am so thankful for her because I'm a i want to say something that is absolutely an insult (laughs) and i think you'll know what i mean okay susan is her mother's daughter yes (laughs) yes (laughs) like i was like this is some susan shit this This is is absolutely where she gets it from this will be susan in like 15 years at julie's wedding yes yes but i think I think they're getting it right with Julie. I think Julie's going to be the <laughs> I ghost. So. Fingers crossed for Fingers Julie. Fingers crossed season six when Julie gives birth or something. I don't know. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I screamed because I was like, they did so much <laughs> world building. And then I, ha- I, f- I find out it was all a lie. We, get, we got lied to as an audience. We did. And it was pretty successful. Yeah. I like, I didn't, I didn't catch that it was going to be a lie. Yeah. Because we find out that, uh, Gilfie did not have a one night stand. 
she slept with a married man who was her boss who <laughs> broke up with her when he found out she was pregnant ghosted her and works still in this town mm-hmm. across town works at a feed store there was a really funny moment where she was like i don't know where he could possibly be and then susan was like what's his name addison prudy and then a random background character went oh i know addison yeah like he works across town that was that was very funny <laughs> and then it, and he was like uh, there could be other uh, prudy's a yeah. popular name <laughs> but yeah i mean susan i think actually like i you know I'm not going to blame Susan for her reaction no. because Gilfy already was creating a scene at the funeral. Yes. And I think that Susan's anger is pretty, um, I think funeral? it makes sense. The funeral, the death of being single. I don't know. Um, the <laughs> wedding. <laughs> um, I think she was already making a scene here and I think that Susan's feelings are pretty valid. I think this anger that like, you know, I feel like she, you know, I, I didn't know my dad growing up. Uh, I never felt like I was like missing something. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of media is always like with kids who don't know a parent. I was always like, God, there's this part of my, my soul that's empty because this human being that <laughs> helped create me is not in yeah. it. I never felt that way. That's what a lot of media is like. So, you know, more power to them. That's just not the experience I had. I loved being raised by a single parent. Never felt like I was lacking in any way. But Susan is someone who does feel that way. And I think that it makes sense that she's upset that like this person she's yearned to know assumed was dead, um, has been alive and literally down the street her whole life. That sucks. Yeah. I felt bad for Susan in that moment. Yeah. I'm glad that Julie followed her yeah, out. Yeah. Jules, this is there for her mom. My next note just says Brie looking gorgeous. Yeah. She's out to dinner with Georgie Porgy. <laughs> <laughs> yes they're out they're out to din din she's dissociating <laughs> um i i was glued to this scene i found it a little mm-hmm. hard to take notes because i really just like wanted to watch it and experience yeah. it it was a good scene um george asks her why she's not wearing the ring she lies she says it's broken that she has to go get it fixed uh and then ty comes up yes we find out that that is an old friend from college right yes like well she said that they dated in college which i know that she met rex in college too so she must have dated ty like early early in college because my understanding was that her and rex dated like through college so i wonder if ty was like freshman year he's handsome yeah i was like okay get it (laughs) brie the fucking moment when she introduces george as her friend I loved that. <laughs> I loved that. It gave I, me goosebumps. Can you imagine being engaged to someone and they friend zone you? <laughs> <laughs> when I tell you I screamed, I screamed. Yes. Oh my gosh. That was very funny. But he immediately jumps in and is like, uh, we're engaged actually. Mm-hmm. And then Brie is like, ooh, I am going to ooh, fucking ooh, kill you. Ooh. This was hot. Yeah. She just was like, Ty, do you want to dance with me? I wish I was Ty. I do too. Oh, oh to Brie kiss Brie. Oh, Brie, let me hold you. I was like, honestly, Ty, he's handsome. You have history. He looks like he has a nice job because he's in a fancy restaurant. Date Ty. I want her to date this guy. I hope yeah. she does. They start dancing. George fucking goes in her clutch mm-hmm. and finds mm-hmm. the ring still intact like stomps his little baby feet up <laughs> to the his size four <laughs> shoes 
<laughs> Wait, no, four and a quarter. Now I'm imagining Roger Bart's man-sized body with the tiniest feet of all fucking time. I can make that edit. Please do that. <laughs> I was picturing Roger Bart's face on a baby body. <laughs> like he's the boss baby? Yeah. Roger Bart as the boss baby. Oh. <laughs> George flips out, is like, I need to cut in right now, grabs Bree, <sighs> And Ty starts wrestling with him and they end up both going down. Yeah. And he grabs the ring he dropped so meekly offers it to her in this like begging physicality. And I fucking loved this line. Yes. When he said, we're engaged. And she responded, I don't think we are anymore. Oh, oh, yes, Brie. Yes, Brie. Finally. Yes. Thank fucking God. Delicious. I am, that was so scrumptious. I am so glad that she is hopefully out, out hopefully. of this fucking relationship. I, I'm, I'm still a bit scared, but I'm I mean, so relieved. By the end of the episode, I would be scared, too, when we see the, the, the credit scene with George. Oh, yeah. Um, because he leaves. He steals Brie's car. Mm-hmm. And that's no, he, no, he steals Ty's car. Oh, I did not pick that up. That is my bad. No, you're fine. He pulled it out of. He pulled the thing out of Ty's coat. Yes, I'm so sorry about that. No, I don't, I don't care. I'm fucking offended. I wrote this episode, you and you did. didn't fucking get that. I'm sorry, me, Jenna Bands. <laughs> yeah, so he steals Ty's car and drives off. Yep. Then we cut to Hector. Hector Ramos. Uh, he kind of compliments her. And she's like, stop fucking judging me, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she goes, I'll give you $1,000 to leave me alone. Gabby, give me $1,000 challenge. Man, to have $1,000 from Gabby. <laughs> Amazing. $1,000 and a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Hector says, yeah, I'll, I'll gladly take $1,000 and leave you alone. But I don't have a bank account. So if you just hop in my car with me, we can go get that cash. And let's let's do it. I'll leave you alone. She gets in the car and it immediately gets very spooky because she sees that there was no way out from the inside and he locks the door and it does the sinister music and he says, Carlos didn't send me here to protect you. Dun, dun, dun. At that point in my notes, I just wrote like, Gabby, are you kidnapped? <laughs> Interesting thing though, almost I don't think that there's a metaphor here and I don't think there's a point here. No. But an interesting parallel of the kids learning stranger danger. Yeah. And then Gabby jumping into a car with a stranger. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what the metaphor there is. Maybe we never grow out of these habits. Maybe, you know, Gabby has some growing up to do. Like, But like, it's an interesting parallel between the two similar situations. Yeah. I, it could also like be a happy accident. I, most likely that's what it is. Sometimes I overthink <laughs> pieces of media and then I have a thought where I go, this is a Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of David Lynch lately. So like David, I'm like everything, I'm like, hmm, the color of that wallpaper must mean infertility. Like yeah. I've been watching a lot of David Lynch. So okay. maybe that's where I'm at. But I just I just noticed the parallels between that and thought it was kind of yeah. funny. And then this scene. And then this scene. It's a very beautiful scene. It Should starts I off- Instagram the fact that I cried? Yeah. I cried during this scene and I texted Liz a photo of me crying. This is true. <laughs> I put it on our on our feed. Yes. <laughs> I'll do it. Um yeah, I don't care. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> I don't care. Um I loved this scene. I did I did too. I we, didn't think I would and I did. 
we get a little bit of the residual oh he brought you here to do to something to kill you yeah but then she so she starts running they get to this park he goes looks like we're alone here as soon as gabby's let out of the car she starts running she looks back at him because he goes to his drunk his trunk and he pulls something out and she kind of stops when he pulls something out and we see that he's just holding a little red balloon he looks so cute yeah <laughs> i love him um he wants to give her this balloon and he wants to still try to help her with her grief and that he, was the reason why yeah. it was like i wasn't here to protect you i was here to to help you let go of this grief yeah because I know what it's like to have grief consume you in a bad way. Yeah. So this balloon should help you release your pain. Yeah, it represents that loss. Yeah. And if you let it go, then it'll make... Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that, that's like genuinely a thing that therapists do to mm-hmm. pe- for people. Like, for sure, this is a real thing. And I... Ava Longoria yeah. gave us some fucking acting this episode because she grabs this balloon and she does this like this isn't gonna work on me but she doesn't let go of it no we find out that she did have some names picked out charlie and aurora yeah and i just i i don't know i truly i did cry during the scene i thought that her performance was really moving i really loved how he was just like present for her he had no opinion he just was like like when she said, you know, I would have been a terrible mother. I loved if you say so. He doesn't, he just is present and like lets her know that he's there for her. And I just thought it was really moving. And like she lets go of the balloon and thanks him because like just having someone there to kind of force her to confront these feelings and say like, you don't have to feel the way you do there. There's another way to feel mm-hmm. like, I think that that was just really sweet. And I don't know if she has a lot of people like that in her life. Like, Yes, the women would have been there for her, but I think that the way they wanted to help was let's sit and talk about it and explore this grief and just wallow in it. And if anything, maybe the stakes are lower because he's a stranger. She doesn't have a facade to put up for him. He doesn't know her. Like, I think that sometimes it's even like easier to open up to a stranger because you know, they don't know you. I, I definitely agree with that. Like it's harder to be vulnerable with people that you know and that you care about mm-hmm. because if you're, you're afraid of how they will see you. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot easier with somebody you don't know to just kind of open up like that. Yeah. So I think there was that freedom with Hector that she yeah. was able to open up. I want him to stay around just cause I liked him so mm-hmm. much. Shocking that it was Carlos knew this is what she needed. I'm sorry. I just like fully like that went past my head. No, I don't saying- know why. Like I said, I'm in a little booster chair today. I'm a little baby. <laughs> little baby. <laughs> what did it happen next? Oh, now we got the last scene. We got Mike and Bongo. Mike Bongo. Well, welcome back, Bongo. McCluskey's fucking football stadium lights light up and illuminate Mike's whole living room. I feel like anyone that lives in that neighborhood would be like, please fucking take these lights yeah. down. But he looks up to see what triggered the lights and caleb. he sees a terrified caleb yeah. running around where's caleb been i don't know i guess just like in the woods around the houses i guess but he's trying to get into cars mike runs out tackles him tells mccluskey to call the police and caleb looks so scared and i'm very very sad for him yeah. 
And I want to note, this is the first episode we see the new Caleb, mm-hmm. uh, played by an actor named Nashawn Kearse. Uh, he's done a couple short films, and he was actually in an episode of The Sopranos, which oh. I'm watching for the first time with my girlfriend right now. Uh, but I think that Desperate Housewives is probably his most prominent role to date. Hell yeah. But this is our f- the first appearance of the new Caleb. So, just wanted to point that out, because welcome caleb 2.0 welcome (laughs) welcome to the show uh immediately is arrested immediately (laughs) is arrested king the cops arrive it kind of cuts to that and the whole neighborhood is out watching and gabby confirms like yeah that's who broke into my house yeah and we get the mary allen which is kind of fucking funny because it is a completely different man yes (laughs) sorry i just thought about how funny that is she's like "Mm, that man that looks nothing like that other man he's yeah he's the one um and then mary alice comes back i'm worried yeah i know how is betty gonna get him i don't know i'm worried i know he's like probably a murderer but how is how is she gonna get him no that's her baby that's her baby i don't know i'm just very i'm worried for betty but she seems to have a plan yeah um we get the mary alice monologue she starts talking about how in a world filled with darkness we all need a light i like that a lot i did too we then see the closing shots we see george setting ty's car on fire being illuminated by the flames wild we see tom actively watching his children wild (laughs) we see susan watching her dad from her car leave his store wild and then we see Betty and Caleb making eye contact, him in the cop cruiser, oh. her outside, and she gives him like one of those shh. Don't like, say it. And he knows he yeah. will say nothing. That was chilling. The I, way she did that. She's such a good fucking actress to yeah. be able to give me fucking body chills with a single look. Yeah. She's amazing. I loved her. I loved this episode. Yeah. I had a great time with this episode. One of my favorites, I think, so far of the season. It was very good. I think it was shot very well. I agree. Um, Coming off of yeah. last episode, maybe, but I think this is like so far my favorite of the season. Yeah, that's I, just I, that's just how I feel. Hell yeah! We have to name lesbian the episode. Oh fuck! Um, Our nominees. I think we had Ida and McCluskey together. We had Ida by herself tasing we, someone. McCluskey by herself. McCluskey, you're right. McCluskey by herself tasing. Bree looking at Gabby. And Susan. Oh, what are you leaning towards? I want to give it to Kluski. Ooh, the solo Kluski? I want to give it to tasing? solo Kluski. Yeah. I'll do it. Let's do it. Kluski, <laughs> the return of Kluski. Yes. She deserves it. Especially her tasing a man. How, you know, how much more lesbian can you get? Mm-hmm. I love this. I cannot wait to pull those screenshots for our social yes. media of McCluskey tasing Stuart. Ha- happy lesbian of the episode, McCluskey. We missed you. Yeah. And with that, we have been Wisteria Gaze. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us at Wisteria Gaze on Twitter or at Wisteria Gaze underscore on Instagram, as well as our website, WisteriaGaze.com. But we also bought a new domain today. Mm-hmm. You can <laughs> you can find us at wisteria.gay. That is so fucking good. Yeah. It's so good. So wisteria.gay is also our website. Yes. I'm so excited about that. That's so good. And on our website, you can find some cool links uh, like to our merch page and our Patreon. Our Patreon's great. Uh, if you support our Patreon, you support us and our show. Yes. Uh, and we like to do little shout outs for all of our patrons. So I'd like to shout out Lisa, Tom, and Annie. Thank you so much for supporting the show, helping keep the lights on and, and helping us just keep producing this podcast. Yeah. It means so much to us. It does. It really does. 
Otherwise, you can find me, Liz, on any social media at The Pigeon Wizard. And you can find me, Mackenzie, on any social media at Mackenzie Wilkes. Do you know what I love besides you, Mackenzie? Whoa, what? I love reviews. I can't believe you love something that's not me. I love I love I can have two loves. <sighs> okay. Reviews and you. Okay. <laughs> I know I love reviews. I know you love reviews. I love them, yeah. Um, they help people find our show. Yeah. And we like to pose a little question at the end of each episode to just kind of get the get the blood flowing. Get the blood flowing. <laughs> get the juices pumping. Yeah. Um, they're always optional. You never have to answer them. You can just give us five stars if you want. <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. Um, And I think this week's question should be... What secret has your Wisteria Lane mother been keeping from you your whole life? Do we pick who our mother is on sure Wisteria Lane? My mother on Wisteria Lane is Eight Strap Ida. Oh my god! Yeah, she's my mom. It's been kind of weird that you're dating her. Um, I'm not gonna apologize. Yeah, um, and the secret she's been keeping from me my whole life is that my. <laughs> I hate improv because sometimes the first thing that comes to my mind is cursed. Yeah, that's what improv is. Um, So the first thing that came to my mind was the secret Ida's been keeping from me is that my dad is Ronald Reagan. Oh, no. (laughs) So that's why it's cursed. No, Um, the secret Ida's actually been keeping from me is that her cat, you know? Yeah. Isn't um, just her cat. He's, He's my brother oh my god like biologically what the fuck yeah i thought well i think you know she always does it like you know your brother and it's like okay yeah i get it like my adopted brother because he's a he's our pet but no he's my biological brother oh yeah ida and i and him are all from the same gene pool yeah that's interesting i'm glad that you found that out finally though (sighs) yeah like me and my cat brother have really been getting along a lot better lately it took a little bit you know when i first found out that he was my like birth like actual brother but you know i think we've been getting along pretty well Mm -hmm. what's who's your wisteria lane mother and what secret has she been keeping from you um my wisteria lane mom is mrs mulberry <laughs> and, <Fuck. laughs> and okay. the secret that she's been keeping from me my whole life that broke you huh yes my brain is split in two <laughs> um uh, mrs mulberry and the secret that um she's been keeping from me my whole life is that <laughs> i'm just gonna keep giggling while you talk is that um Carl is my dad. <laughs> Mrs. Mulberry and Carl? <laughs> they fucked. I could see it. Yeah. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. You do kind of resemble him. Oh, no. <laughs> Handsome. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I just got bullied. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Hey, um, so when you... <laughs> So when you leave your review, let us know who your Wisteria Lane mom is and what secret she told you. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to your, uh, for your, to your podcast. <laughs> anyway. We're McKen- falling apart. Okay. Mackenzie, I love you. I love you, dude. And everyone else, stay juicy. Stay freaking juicy. Stay freaking juicy.